You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? I'm Craig Stout. I'm a defensive film analyst for Arrowhead Pride. This is the AP Laboratory live from River Bluffs Brewing. We're here for your camp takes. This is Friday's camp takes, and the second half of this podcast will be Saturday's camp takes. I am here with my good buddy, Chief Bearcat. Bearcat, how did you enjoy camp today? Um, it was great. Uh, got to spend a little time with you and got to spend a little time with Dirk. Um, it was a good day. It's nice out, and I uh, really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're here to kind of try and give you some of the stuff that we saw from camp today. Uh, we're going to try and focus maybe a little bit more on the defense than Kent did with the offense because he can't see past a quarterback. But, you know, that, that's how it goes. You got that hair. You got to have that quarterback hair. But we are going to start a little bit with the offense. Today was Mikol Hardman's Muckhole Hardman. I can't gotten to me. Muckhole Hardman's best day in camp so far. Would you agree? Yeah, McColl looked really good. Um, he had a lot of good separation from the cornerbacks and really showed off his hands today. I know he in the past uh, practices he had been struggling a little bit with drops and stuff like that, but in the stuff that we saw, uh, a lot of good hands, a lot of good separation. Route running looked a lot more crisp than the stuff that we'd seen on tape from him in college and kind of the reports that we had heard going into it. Absolutely. And he started practice fielding punts, and he muffed one, and I tweeted out about that, and I think everybody kind of jumped on that. But from that moment on, he was he did go to the medical tent. He was sick today. He will be probably back out there in the next couple of days. He had a couple nice catches and a couple of really nice routes. He ran a really nice dig. He caught a pass in traffic over Rashad Fenton on a well-placed ball. He looked like a very competent receiver and I, some of the reports that we kind of heard coming out of camp so far was that he needed a lot of work, he needed a lot of refinement. It, if this was him needing a lot of refinement, he he, yeah. I just don't I just don't think that that's the case. That was that was a good day for him. De- definitely looked better than advertised from what we had seen before. And of course, he was on the receiving end of the Patrick Mahomes video that you guys have seen already. The back foot. 50-yard floater in the, the air that in the we back called corner. a duck like seriously when that ball came out of his hand we called it a duck yes like absolutely. It, it was wobbly and we all kind of went okay a, a db is going to get to that no he didn't patrick mahomes had several throws like that today yes. where he released it early and we were going where is that going and right on a dime he's clicking yep. but again yeah everybody has seen those those are the video stuff like that we're trying to give you a little bit more Another guy running with the second team offensive line, Nick Allegretti, took center reps today and they did, they opened camp with team doing blitz pickups. And Nick Allegretti looked fantastic doing yes. blitz pickups. Yeah, he, he was the guy that really stood out to me, honestly. He was the one guy that, as far as all these other guys, that really stood out. He started out camp playing third-team left guard, left I believe guard is what it was. Left guard what we were hearing, yes. and, and then coming into it here today, I think we all kind of expected he would compete for center snaps eventually with uh, with uh, with Ryder. 
and really looked good today, picking up blitzes like Craig said, and he just looks the part as far as on an athletic profile of what an Andy Reid center would look like and what we expect an Andy Reid center to look like and as far as maybe Ryder might be a little bit on the other size, undersized side of things. For sure. Yeah. So he, he definitely is a guy to probably watch going forward, maybe not at the beginning of the season, but as we go throughout the year, you may you may see him start to compete and maybe push uh, Ryder for some center snaps in the first team. And that blitz pickup, he showed, uh, we've heard that he's a really smart player and he's yeah. picking stuff up really quickly. That blitz pickup showed it immediately. Absolutely, yeah. Like, he, he was dialing it in. He was passing guys off at the right time. He looked the part of a backup interior lineman at this point. Yep. He's light years ahead of where I thought he might sure. be. For he, a six-round pick. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. He's going to be a factor on this team. I really do believe that, like like Bearcat said, towards the end of the year there. And, and we're talking about a guy that can play center and guard. And as we know with Andy Reid, how important that is for a guy to be able, on the offensive line especially, to be able to play multiple positions as far as taking up a roster spot, being a backup on that offensive line. It's very, very important for those backup offensive linemen to be able to play multiple positions. And that's something that he can do playing both the guard and center positions. For sure, for sure. And one of the other offensive guys before we kind of switch over to defense here that looked great was Darwin Thompson. And the first word that came out of my mouth seeing, because this is the first time that I've seen him live, not on video, not on film. This is the first time that I've seen him live in person was he's slippery, yeah. man. He, he sets up guys in a way that is beyond his years yeah. as a rookie. He is able to bounce in some of these zone runs out to the outside so quick, it made life difficult for some of these linebackers, some of these defensive linemen. He's he's just he's dynamic to watch. Yeah. Well, one thing that he has really going for him is he has a completely different type of skill set than any other of the running backs that are on the roster. Absolutely. The rest of these guys are, are bigger. I mean, they, they – Damien is really isn't a big back, but he he's a bigger back that catches the ball well, more of a straight line speed type of guy. Uh, Darwin is agility. He oh he, man, yeah. His his agility is on a different level from anybody else that's on the roster, and he has good straight line speed on top of it. He, the, the weight loss compared to what he was on his college tape, as far as top end speed, you can tell that the weight loss has helped him top end speed from what he was on his college tape, or at least in my eyes from what I watched on his college tape. For sure. And he still had that contact balance. We saw a couple of moments where he spun out of stuff and they were tackling live to the ground today. This wasn't this yeah. wasn't like, uh, you know, pillow hands practice or anything like that. They were going to the ground today, and he spun out of a few tackles that kind of showed maybe some of that contact balance is going to translate. And that kid is yoked up. Oh, he, my we, goodness. We, we hear it talked about, you know, how big and muscular he is. He, we, seeing him in person is a completely different situation than what you have you've seen in pictures and what you've heard explained to you. It, he he looks the part. Yeah, he, he looks does, he, really does. he looks yeah. like an NFL player. He looks already. like a guy, even though at his size, 190 pounds, I yeah, think is what he's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's gonna be able to handle the abuse, maybe not get more than ten to fifteen carries a game type sure. stuff. But as a third down back, a guy that's gonna be able to make an impact on on draws and screens and stuff like that, and then coming out of the backfield, I think he's a guy that can be a weapon that Andy Reid will be happy to use. I, I will say when they did some blitz pickup stuff one-on-ones he struggled a little bit and that and that's part of his his size size showed for sure his size did show particularly against some of the bigger linebackers Reggie Ragland uh you know well Reggie and Damian Wilson like those guys kind of gave it to him a little bit but then when they transitioned 
and he was a pass catcher, and they were doing coverage reps. He torched every single linebacker yeah. that was out there. I know that will worry some Chiefs fans, but he's just that good. He's just that slippery. His quickness in and out of breaks on those on those oh, pass catching was it's it's pretty impressive for for a guy that's just coming in as a rookie. To, to have that understanding, it's pretty impressive. He's going to contribute. Yeah. He's going to contribute. All right, let's switch to the defensive side. I know the worry is there with the cornerbacks. I know that we personally have talked about it a lot. I'm going I'm to say this. Even though the wide receivers had themselves a little bit of a field day today, Bashad Breeland and Charverius Ward actually looked pretty good. I wasn't scared by what I saw. That there was a lot of really good passes by Patrick Mahomes and, and, and a lot of really good catches by Tyreek Hill, where guys were in good position. There was the post route to Tyreek over here, oh where where Daniel Sorensen and Bashad Breeland were in good position. They Great had it covered. Coverage. They Great have coverage. it covered. Why? It's just the fact that Patrick Mahomes put it in a position that nobody but Tyreek Hill can make a play on, and with Hill's speed, there was just no. There was no nothing they could do about it. Absolutely, and and, we, and then we had Charverius Ward had a couple really good pass couple breakups, breakups as well. Yes, yes, as well. He 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 dropped in zone on one. It was a it was a split safety look, and the safety was over the top. So he knew he had some help over the top. He undercut it and he broke it up really well. Showed a real sort of intelligence for the route and for the route distribution. I know we talk a lot about him not really understanding that unless he's got his hands on the receiver. He showed it a little bit today. It was positive. There were yeah. some positives to take. There away. was definitely, I mean, there were negatives there. I mean, we, we saw them, but as far as a whole, I mean, just as a whole, Bashad and Charvarius definitely I thought looked good. This good. is the kind of this yeah. is the kind of beat that I would hope for yeah. from these because these this quarterback these wide receivers are excellent, yeah. the, uh, arguably tops in the league. So these cornerbacks are already at a disadvantage having to go against them in practice. They're going to look worse than they do. This is the kind of thing that I was hoping that they would look mm-hmm. like today. They they still got plenty. But they still got beat plenty. Yeah, for, for those two, there was nothing that stood out as, I'm really worried. I, I still think we need to add to the cornerback position, but it didn't really get to the point where I was yeah, walking away from this as concerned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of cornerbacks, the twos today, DeMontre Wade and Herb Miller, um, Showed a, showed a few things. Uh, those guys, Herb Miller particularly, yeah. maybe a guy that Chiefs fans don't know a ton about. He's 6'2", 190 out of Florida Atlantic. He actually was a rookie tryout during the minicamp that they signed. So he's a guy that was not really on anybody's radar. He's getting comfortable reps with the twos. Like this, yeah. it, It's not even Mark Fields isn't pushing him. Rashad Fenton was actually working out of the slot today. Herb Miller is the guy that on the outside currently is a backup cornerback, and he looked okay. He's got length. He's got a little bit of a speed. He, he's got some traits there that you can build off of. Obviously, he's not a guy you yeah. want starting. Yeah. He's not a guy you want rotating in necessarily, but Maybe a practice squad player yeah. there. He, he's definitely one of those bottom of the roster practice squad type developmental guys that you would kind of let you would expect from a Steve Spagnolo defense as far as the length goes. It, it, for those who have not seen him, he kind of reminds me of Cooper uh, that was with the Kansas City there a few yeah. years ago as far as the length goes. Long arms, slender, tall. I mean, he he has a good build as far as what you would expect from a Steve Spagnolo cornerback. For sure. Now, one of the cornerbacks that did not have a good day and. 
I, I think it's time to talk about it a little bit. We've seen it on video. We've seen it time and time again. Now we got to see it in person. Guys, Kendall Fuller does not look great. Not good at all. Uh, like, he not only was roasted by Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins, which you would expect, he was also roasted by Custis. He was roasted by a couple of receivers that probably shouldn't get the better of him because he's a better cornerback than that. And I know that he's working primarily out of the slot. Steve Spagnuolo is going to try and get him in the best spots that he can to succeed. But honestly, a lot of these, you know, a lot of these highlight reel clips that you're seeing over some of these cornerbacks, mm -hmm. it's Kendall Fuller that it's happening on. There's a little bit of a concern for me now because I thought he was going to be a good fit in this system and that he was going to produce maybe at a high level, maybe what we saw in Washington because it's a similar scheme. Now all of a sudden, I'm, I'm starting to question whether or not Kendall Fuller is really going to add a ton at the nickel for this team. And it's, it's confusing for me. I mean, this is a player that, in a similar type system, produced at a very high level. So I, I don't know if this is just a phase that he's going through. Maybe he's in his head a little bit. Maybe he's down on confidence as far as his technique goes. And maybe he's going to come out of it learning. And maybe maybe Spagnuolo is asking him to do a different type of technique than what he's used to doing. I don't, I don't know what the reasoning is. Just right now, he does not look like the guy that we expected him to look like. For sure. For sure. Now, one of the guys that does look better than maybe some people were expecting is Damian Wilson. We got to see them do a few blitz reps where tight ends and running backs were tasked with picking up individual, you know, one-on-one -on -one blitz reps. Damian Wilson's got some bend to him. Like, he, he can get around the outside a little bit. He handed some of those tight ends some really difficult pass rush reps. I know there were a lot of questions about him doing that. But where I was probably most you know, surprised by his ability because we know he's a run stuffer. Was he actually equated himself really well in coverage as well? Yeah, his coverage ability really surprised me. I mean, I wouldn't be putting him on James White or anything no, of that nature. No. But as far as just being able to to at least look decent against a tight end or a slower running back or someone who maybe isn't just a primary receiver type situation. He's a guy that can at least not look terrible at it. And I was, I was pretty impressed with, because I wasn't expecting it. Like you said, sure. primarily a, a run stopper and was not expecting a Sam, hit the same linebacker to be able to cover as well as what he did. He yeah. showed himself pretty well today. Yeah, people, people might be sleeping on Damian Wilson a little bit. Like, there, there might be, there, I know there was some concern over what they were going to do with the same linebacker position. Again, 25 to 30% of the time, yeah. he might be all right at this. I mean, he had showed out a little bit where he was playing in a big nickel He was playing a big nickel, yeah. yeah. They, they had brought him in there, and he was playing some big nickel beside Hitchens in, in the linebacker role. So it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they use these different packages and, and use him in particular. And again, this is training camp. Yeah, they're, they're trying out a bunch of yeah. stuff, but Wilson was able to do everything that was asked of him yeah. in coverage and a few times blitzing that he really impacted the play. Yeah, there wasn't any reps that I saw and I thought, ooh, that was bad. Right. I mean, that, right. He, he always acquitted himself well. Yeah. So, defensive end rotation. We know that Alex Okafor and Frank Clark are basically going to be your two yeah. starting guys on the outside, but we kind of got to see a peak at Breland Speaks, Emmanuel Ogba, and Tano Pasigno, what do we see today? Well, basically what we're seeing, I mean, 
Breland speaks, I only saw him line up second team on the defensive inside. Uh, Tano Pasino, we kind of saw him come in first team in the NASCAR package, lining up as a three technique, but very rarely saw him line up defensive end in the first team. Now, on, we did see Emmanuel Ogba line up defensive end on first team, so it definitely appeals like appears that there's going to be a solid rotation there amongst those defensive end, and they're going to be putting him in different positions. But as far as first team reps, it was, as you said, Okafor, Clark, and then Ogba, and then also getting some first-team reps on the NASCAR package, and the interior was K-Pass, and then second-team reps from Speaks on the outside. I don't think I saw any interior reps no. from Speaks. No, in Speaks, Speaks has been exclusively as a defensive end. I, I know we kind of hypothesized maybe with Chris Jones' size, which, by the way, now that I've seen him in yeah. person, guys, Chris Chris Jones looks like he did last year. Yeah. I, I, I think he's... He's Probably. trimmer now, but he's, he's trimmer not. now. But I would say he's 290, 295. Yeah. Like I know we hypothesized that maybe he was 280 with everything. Seeing him in person, nah, he he's 290, 295. He's going to play inside. Breland speaks is carrying some extra weight. I, I yes, he's absolutely carrying extra weight from what he was last year. Whenever he was lining up on as an outside linebacker and edge rusher. I, I do think he maybe looks a little bit smaller than what he did in some of those initial pictures we saw For sure. early yeah. in the offseason. Yeah. So I do think he is smaller than he was earlier, but he, he is definitely bigger than what he was last year. Yeah. Absolutely. But he, he actually had a pretty good day yeah. today. He, he works very well off as a setup man for stunts. He works very well looping on stunts. That's something that maybe we – didn't really see a little bit, you know, with Bob Sutton. Bob Sutton never, run yeah, yeah. Bob Sutton never ran stunts or twists. Breland Speaks actually affected the quarterback a handful of times. One-on-ones are still kind of a mixed bag. Uh, he gets caught a lot. He he doesn't really have a clear plan, but he does have some wins in there. It's not like it's all losses. It's not no. a problem necessarily. I think he's going to get some rotation. And Tano Passigno, uh, again, Emmanuel Ogba ran with a third team on some of these defensive yeah. end snaps. Tano Passigno and Emmanuel Ogba, I think, are legitimately competing for a spot, whereas I was pretty fairly convinced that Tano Passigno, again, you know, based off of last year and yeah. seeing him and everything like that, that he was probably not going to make this team. Yeah, it's interesting how much run they actually are giving uh, Tano with, with the ones and the twos. I don't, I don't know if this is a situation where they just want to see him and give him every opportunity to make this team and yeah, see how he looks with the upper – talent level or if it's something he's actually earned so it's going to be interesting to see that going forward into the preseason and later on in the camp and then when they get back to Kansas City and practices if that continues yeah now one guy who is making the team 100% yeah Colin Saunders Colin Saunders looks great looks legitimately great we got to see him in person at the senior bowl and he cut some weight from when he was playing in Illinois to what he was playing at the Senior Bowl, he's cut even more weight. He looks slim and trim, and he looks mobile. Yeah. The guy had super light feet at 315, 320, whatever he was at at Western Illinois. Um, With what he is now, I'm saying he's probably around 300 pounds. Yeah, I'd say 300 to 305. His ability to move around offensive linemen in a short area, his swim move, and it's – Oh, his swim move got – He got Austin Ryder a couple of times with it, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he's the guy that I I'm I was excited about him when we drafted him. After seeing him live and in person, I'm even more excited about him. Yeah. So, I, Colin is pretty firmly the second-team three-tech. Yeah, it, it, He's not really mixing in with those guys in NASCAR packages or no. anything like that. 
we're not seeing him get very many first-team reps. But what we are seeing with him as a second-team defensive lineman is an ability to impact the play still. Sure. So that's what you want. That's what you want at this point. He still has growth to do. He still has an adaptation to this level of competition coming from where he came from. So him learning and him getting to do this behind Chris Jones, behind Derek Naughty is great. Yep. And one thing to keep in mind with Colin, the fact that he is second team, a large majority of the time, whenever they're running team, he's lining up against the first team offensive line. Yes, he's not because they normally up, run yeah. twos versus yeah. ones. He's yes. not running against the twos or the threes. He's, he's showing an ability to play against starting offensive linemen in the NFL. Yes. So that, that's that's something to consider when, as far whenever you consider the fact that he is second team. Yes, he splashes. He splashes. You yeah. see them. And so, anyway, that's defense for Friday. Let's talk a little special teams because we got some Dave Tobe audio. And as anybody who listens to this podcast knows, we love Dave Tobe. We love him. Everybody loves Dave we lo- Tobe. We love his short shorts. We love his impact on roster decisions. One of those roster decisions that he brought up was Blake Bell today. Blake Bell is taking all of Demetrius Harris's reps. That's what Dave Tobe said. All of Demetrius yeah. Harris's reps on special teams. Yep. I, if anybody's unaware of what that means, I think you know who your tight end two is. Yeah, right now it's pretty clear cut that at this moment, Blake Bell is the number two tight end. Yeah. Well, he was lining up as on the field goal protection. Correct. Um, he took, I would say, the majority of the reps as far as first team uh, backup tight end on uh, behind Travis Kelsey. Yes. Deion Yelder did see some snaps. Behind Kelsey, but for the most part, it was Blake Bell. Bell also got return team. Yep, reps. he also got yeah. return team reps yep. as well. And as we, and as Craig has said, Dave Taub has a major impact, major on what this roster makeup is, especially at the bottom of the roster. It's, so if if he feels Blake Bell is a better special teams player than Dion Yelder, and we're legitimately looking at only carrying two tight ends. That pretty well tells you what the backup tight end situation is at this moment. Now that can change. We're very early on sure. in it, and Dion Yelder has an opportunity to make an impact and he show. He caught a TD today. Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah. You know, from Patrick Mahomes in yep. a first team rep. But so there's a long ways to go. But as of right now, I think it's pretty clear that Blake Bell is the backup tight end. Absolutely. At this moment. And one of the other things, just bringing up special teams, a couple of special teams notes. Reggie Ragland was running with. Yeah. Uh, Kick uh, defense, uh, yep. uh, field, kick goal, field goal, field yep. goal protection. So that's some of the, that's a situation where we talked about. Reggie doesn't play special teams. Yep. Reggie's playing special teams. And I will say, Reggie, Reggie, we talked about some guys being trimmer like Colin. So like oh, Re- yeah, yeah, Reggie yeah. is definitely trimmer now than what he was last year and what we saw last year. Oh, so the, that, that's something to take a note. And I know, and I didn't write it down, and it just reminded me. You know, we talked about this before we started the podcast, trying to make sure we got everything. Guys, the linebackers are faster. They're yeah. playing so much faster. They won often in nine-on-seven run drills. They routinely won. They are playing so much faster. They're getting downhill. It, it is very obvious that the scheme change has made these guys play faster. That should give people a little bit of hope yeah. going forward in that. So, Dave Tobe also talked about a guy that was making a big impact and one of his highest graded special teamers so far is John Lovett. Another tight end, fullback, H-back. He's just kind of this this Swiss Army knife. We've talked about him before, former quarterback. But, you know, active praise 
from Dave Tobe means something. It's never a bad thing. It's never a bad thing. As a matter of fact, some people, based on Dave Tobe's comments today, think John Lovett's making the roster. I don't know. Again, we, we, we know that he has impact over that. I think yeah. they would have to keep three tight ends to keep John yeah, Lovett. Absolutely. Do you see them keeping three tight ends? Yeah. It's going to be interesting. If, if they're keeping three tight ends, they're going to carry maybe one less wide receiver or one less running back. Sure. It, it's going or a one less linebacker. It's going to be something along that along those lines as far as high impact special teams positions. And with, with with Lovett, I think he's a specialized player. I, he's not a tight end. No. That he he is not a. He's listed at like he's an H back. Yeah, he's yeah. listed at six foot three on the website. I believe what it is. If he's six one, he's <laughs> he's doing something. Honestly, now he is very athletic and he looks the part out there. Oh, he dominated in coverage drills. One thing yeah. I mentioned to Craig whenever we were sitting here, that guy right there is the future replacement for Anthony Sherman. Yes, is what I said. Yes. Now the th- question is, do we feel comfortable? putting him on a practice squad and seeing if he can make it. Because this is a guy that we know early on whenever they signed him and were doing their uh, talks in minicamps, that Brett Veach was – they legitimately had competition as far as signing him. Mm-hmm. So there were other teams that were very interested in signing him to bring him into camp. So do we feel comfortable enough in putting him in the practice squad to see if someone else can grab him? And that's going to be the big question. Is he a, maybe a guy that – pulls a hamstring or stubs a toe and gets put on IR at the end of preseason type situation. Yeah, him and Garrick Dieter right now. Uh, you know, we'll just have to see. I do think he looks good. Like, yes, he, he does. He, he really does. I, I see a lot of why they like him uh, when they were doing blitz pickup drills. Yep. He wasn't great at that because he's a smaller dude. He, but, he, he reminds me a lot. There's an H-back that used to play for the Redskins, and his name slips my mind right now. Oh, no, it slips uh, mine too. Uh, he played quite a bit. It's been four or five years ago. He reminds right. me a lot of that guy as far as his build goes and his abilities go. Yeah, I, but the moment they transitioned to where linebackers were having to cover him mm-hmm. out in the field, he dominated. Yeah, He absolutely. really did dominate. He is a legitimate Weapon, and if the NFL is going to go the way of you know getting rid of fullbacks, which mm-hmm. they basically are, then this is a situation where having a guy like that—that's kind of a fullback tight end hybrid—is is a a sure. big luxury. Yeah. You know, you can line him up kind of all over the place. He's very intriguing. I I will be very curious to see what happens with him now, especially since Tobe has mentioned him yeah. by name. You know, in a presser. Yeah. And and most important, the man has great hair. Great hair. Great hair. He great may hair. have better hair than Kent Swanson. Oh, you you stop. Mm, I, I, yeah. you, you're talking too that much. That may be pushing it too yeah, far. Yeah, that's pushing it too much. All right, we'll be back after the break here with Saturday's camp observations, and we'll catch you then. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. This is Saturday, August 3rd. We are recording from inside my car from Missouri Western in the parking lot. Today was a day that the defense handily won. Uh, Constant stops in team, constant stops in nine on sevens, uh, multiple interception day. It was really a great day for the defense. Yeah, night and day difference from what we saw yesterday where the offense handled the defense pretty pretty easily and uh, today the the offense never really could see to uh, seem to get on track and the defense definitely won today for sure. And part of the reason why the offense didn't get on track was because Frank Clark and Alex Okafor were monsters off the edge yes, today. They, were. they in the run game, they blew up several runs for big big losses, 4 and 5 yard losses and were constantly around the quarterback having to stop, having to pull up, you know, they can't hit the quarterbacks yeah. in camp. Would have been sacks. Chris Jones had another one that would have been a sack. That defensive line was a problem today. Yes, it was. And Alex Okafor is a person that I've come away these last two days very impressed with. Coming into that, I always thought he was going to be good. It wasn't really someone I was excited about. I think I've talked about that on Twitter before. It's not a guy I expected to be solid but not really excited for. These last two days may have have moved me more to the excited side with Alex Okafor. He he has been working a very, very good right tackle on Mitchell Schwartz on the regular. I am really excited to see what he does against lesser players in the league. And he's going to be seeing a lot of single teams with Chris Jones and Frank Clark getting a lot of attention. And. And yeah, like like you said, he's working Mitchell Schwartz. Yes. Now Mitch is still getting his. Yeah, plenty. yeah. we're not trying to make it sound like Mitch is. Yeah, bad. don't don't get worried about about yeah. Mitch at all. But it, it's it's very impressive to see what Alex has done because I, I like I said I wasn't expecting him to look as good as what I saw these last couple days. He looks every bit the part of like a seven or eight sack guy. Yeah, like, he, he really does. Which with Chris Jones and Frank Clark on this team, that's more than enough. Like your third guy getting. Seven, eight, nine sacks. Yeah, that's awesome. And he he definitely looks the part too. He's one of those Ooh, guys man, that yeah. you, that you send off the bus first type yes. deals. If you stand him beside uh, Tano Passanone, it there's very yeah, there's very, very difficult little. to tell the difference between the two. I mean, Tano's bigger. There's no doubt about that. But he, he's a pretty impressive guy. Well, and I think the funny part was is I turned to Bearcat at one point and I said, you know, he's wearing ninety seven. If you told me. That was Alan Bailey. Like, he still looks like that sort of athletic yeah. freak. He's not as thick as Alan Bailey was, but as far as definition, yep. length, everything like that, Alex Okafor yeah. definitely looks the part there. And one of the reasons why that defensive line is looking so good is new defensive line coach Brendan Daly. 
Brendan Daly, we got to see right in front of us running drills himself. You know, he's the guy wearing the pads. He doesn't have an assistant doing it. He's the guy wearing the pads, so much so that Jeremiah had to actually, actually hit him in the face once <laughs> yeah. when he was trying to do a, a rip. Punched him right in the face. Had to take a moment for all that. But he, watching him coach is a joy. Like, yeah. it, it's completely different than what we'd seen in the previous years. He doesn't waste a single moment. No. There is zero dead time for the defensive line. Anybody that came in the past with under Bob Sutton and with with Britt running the defensive line, there there were times and periods where, where the guys were standing around resting. And I'm not saying that there's something wrong with that. Right. But the, there is zero dead time, guys. Whenever the special teams are going, whatever, he's got these guys pulled off to the sides doing pad drills, whatever it happens, just working on the, the hand placement, whatever it happens to be. He is always going. He'll even pull them off to the side to do a drill, and then they'll start another drill off the side, and they won't even do anything, but they're constantly right. running back and forth, back and forth. There's zero dead time under daily. We, we've seen two times where he set up a drill. Yep while there was another drill going on and like Frank Clark got a rep and nobody else was able to because they had moved on to a different part yeah. of team drill but he he needed to have something to do because he yeah. didn't want those guys just sitting there you know standing watching he'll set up trash cans and you know their top <laughs> gap fills things yeah. like that it, they're constantly engaged constantly working at it and one of the things that we got to see was him kind of using Frank Clark as as sort of the the tool for yeah, that. Absolutely. Well, Frank was taking a lot of guys off to the side and uh, really working with them. He done it with Justin Hamilton there for a little bit. Yes. He worked with Emmanuel Ogba for a little bit, just with hand placement and and, and swim moves and, and rips and stuff like that. It, it's pretty impressive to see a guy that that's really taken to that leadership role big time. Absolutely. And the one that kind of jumped out to me, Alex Okafor was, yeah. you know, they were working on a push-pull move and Okafor was was kind of struggling with the height of where he was mm -hmm. putting his hands. And so Frank and him are standing there and they're going over that while everybody else is doing these other drills and he he's really working it. And Colin Saunders yeah. actually saw them doing that. So he all of a sudden kind of peels off from the drill comes over you know he'd done his work in the drill comes over and starts asking frank those same questions and so frank then stops and he's teaching him as yeah. well it, you can definitely see that frank's the guy yeah in that room I, I will say this whenever you think about the the really good defense that have been under steve spagnolo you always think about elite defensive lines mm -hmm. and the defensive lines being the strength of those defenses the defensive line is the strength of this team oh, yeah. on the defensive side of the ball. That defensive line, it looks – it's training camp. You can't tell a ton. Mm -hmm. But going into preseason and going against these other teams, I'm definitely going to be curious and paying close attention to how the defensive line because they look very deep. Yes. They, they, it looks like we're going to have a very deep rotation. We got Emmanuel Ogba running with the third team on the rotations out here during practice, and it's not because Emmanuel Ogba looks bad. No. It's just the fact that there are several, especially on the edge guys, that several guys that look really solid. And and I, in years past, I've not been super impressed with Tano. 
this year he's it's this system fits his skill set so I, i'm hopeful that that continues we, we won't know until we get towards the season how things go because we've seen this with tano before uh -huh. he gets some play with the first team and stuff like that oh, he's practice. always looked great in camp. yeah yeah and then whenever the season comes he just never shows up yeah but if if he's going to make it on this team it's going to have to be with this system because it fits what he is is what what steve spagnuolo wants yes and the guy he Tano gets a lot of second reps yeah. when Daly's going through stuff because Daly yep. Daly's very loud. Yep. I know you've heard that from lots of people. Confirmed. Daly is very loud and it's not just criticism, it's also praise. Yep. Like you hear it very good, you know, yelling from across the field and stuff like that. But when those guys don't have a good rep, he stops he him. Tells him yeah. He tells him, stops him, makes him do it again until they get it right. Tano Passino takes a lot of second reps. Yeah. Um, Breland Breland Speaks, Speaks takes a ton takes of second reps. Almost, sometimes third reps. Sometimes third, third reps. reps and fourth reps. Now that's not that's not trying to dunk on Breland because this kind of translates over into Breland Speaks yes. here. Breland Speaks rushing from the inside actually looks very good. Yeah. I'm. I was. The, I don't see any reason in the world why they're playing Breland on the outside. I do. Because he, he looks like he could be an impact, not I'm not an impact a player on the inside. Not I'm not saying Chris Jones type impact. No, player, no, no, no. But a player that can make plays on the inside. For sure. On the outside, he he's just he's his get off is slow. He can't bend. He, I, I don't see what they see in him on the outside unless it's just in run stopping situations. Correct. Correct. I, if if He's a guy that I could see coming in in pass rushing situations on the inside. He's a guy that they need to have on the inside in pass rushing situations because he has the quickness on guards. On guards, yes. <laughs> Tackles, just hard set on yeah. and it's, it's swallow not, him up. And it's not just Mitchell Swartz or Eric Fisher either. It's, uh, it's, it's all, all the way them. down. Dino Boyd was was just stuffing him. And Dino yes. Boyd is not a guy that's going to be making this team. But but meanwhile, when he takes reps inside, he took reps against LDT. Yeah. yeah. And, and he won. Performed well. Yeah. He had, won back-to-back back reps. Had an excellent spin move on LDT yes. during the, the one-on-ones that would have that's, that would have been a win. That's 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 right, guys. You heard that. Breland speaks spin move. Yeah. Yeah. Dead serious. We, and, Craig and, it, and I just stopped and looked at each other. <laughs> like, what? Where did that come from? It, so I mean, he looks good inside, but when these guys all line up together and they're all taking reps together, Derek Naughty has a better get off yeah. than Breland Speaks does. And when the rest of your edge defenders, Tano Pasigno, Alex Okafor, Emmanuel Agba, Frank Clark, all have that quick first step. Yeah. They are on top of the tackles immediately. It's just, it's such a stark difference because he's trying, you know, he's getting reps like that yeah. when the reps that he wins the most at are inside. And on stunts, uh, they've worked a lot of stunts and twists today. A lot of stunts and twists. Uh, Really, really great to watch. Uh, one of the things you brought up, offensive line, yep. st uh, stunts and twists. This is excellent for them. Yeah. In past, we've noticed this, and, I, and Dirk has brought this up multiple times yeah. on his podcast, about how our offensive line has struggled so much with stunts and twists during the season. And people talk about why we struggle so much with that. And it's going to be curious for me to watch if that's something that we improve on this year because Bob Sutton did not run stunts and twists. Ever. Ever. And we've been to several camps. He just didn't practice them. 
I mean, we just rarely ever saw stunts and twists. Now, I know that they would have worked on that type of stuff in practice, but if you, the defensive line that we had wasn't good on them because they were good in stunts and twists because they weren't working on them, they weren't seeing high-level stunts and twists in practice. Yep. Now we're having a defensive line that is working stunts and twists. It's going to be curious to me to see if our offensive line improves on picking up those stunts and twists. And uh, LDT. And Fisher picked up a, a really well-executed one by Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Yeah. And they just swallowed it up. And you you like to see that. Again, that's the type of stuff that we're expecting is going to be <laughs> big wins, things that this team is going to use to get to the quarterback easily. So the fact that the offensive line is picking them up already is great. Yeah, this is going to be completely different on the defensive side. Completely different. Completely different. different. Guys, we, we saw Poma, guys, they were practicing – Drops, zone drops for the defensive line on the regular here. Yes. Uh, on one side of the field, they was practicing zone drops for the defensive ends, and on the other side of the field, they was having the DP DBs running hoop drills, stripping the ball from the quarterback. Yes. At the same time. Yep. This they're going to be sending a lot of DBs on blitzes, which we've discussed. This Craig has discussed yeah. this. Matt has discussed this before. But they're going to be running a lot of DB DB blitzes, a lot of zone blitzes, and stuff like that. This is going to be a completely different defense scheme wise from what we have seen. It's just as far as the aggression goes. Yes, absolutely. And a guy who's going to benefit from that, Juan Thornhill. Yeah. Looked great today. Juan looked really good. Juan, Juan looked great yesterday, too. Yeah. But uh, now he is still running with the twos. Dan Sorensen's putting up a fight. Dan, Dan Sorensen Dan looks, looks good, fine. too. Yeah. Dan Sorensen is a solid. There's a lot of people that's going to disagree with this, but yeah. Dan Sorensen is a solid football player. I think he is a very good third safety. Yeah. He, but if you got him as your starter, he may be a level below of what you'd like to have out For there. For sure. And at, when the season starts, yeah. it's going to be one. One Thornhill is going to be the starter on this team. Yes. I, I'm putting that out there, and you guys can tweet at me if it ends up being wrong. Juan <laughs> Horn, Thornhill will be the starter on this team. He... He looks completely different than Dan back there in the center field, and that's not a knock on Dan. Right. He that's just not who he is. He's going to be a very good third safety and a very good backup if something if someone goes down. Uh -huh. But as far as Juan needs to be out there because he looks different than center field than what Dan does. For sure. Uh, he had a great pass breakup against McCall Hardman, where McCall actually got some separation on yeah. him initially along yep. the backside of the end zone, but Thornhill was able to close the great gap recovery. on him. Great recovery and break up the ball. And uh, again, McCall Hardman, another good day. Yeah, he I, did have, uh, he he did looks, have a good day. He looks like a very functional receiver, guys. I know I know Matty Lane is going to have a problem with that. <laughs> but honestly, it, now he's he's still very clearly the number four. Yes, right. He, he is running DeMarcus Robinson DeMarcus. is safely three. As much as it pains me to say, because a lot of you guys know I'm not a big D-Rob fan, he, he looks good. Now, you're not seeing overhead stuff, seeing his route running, which is the sure. biggest issue that I have with D-Rob. But he, he does look really good. He, his hands, he, he had a nice toe-tapping uh, catch along the sideline yep. today. was a very good catch. With, with Hardman going back to him, Coming into these last two days, I I was expecting to see a very raw player mm -hmm. as far as being a receiver. I expected to see an athlete, but I did not expect to see a receiver. Yeah, I I came away feeling that I'm looking like a looking at a receiver. Yeah, he, he is much more developed as a receiver than what I expected. Now he does have trouble tracking the deep ball a little for bit sure. Still. He whenever you think about elite type deep ball tracking guys like Hill and something like that, there there's a major gap between what Hardman is right now 
to what that what he needs to be. There was a couple good deep balls that Pat threw to him today that probably should have been receptions that he either slowed up on at the wrong time or he didn't track very yeah. well. Yeah, but just just continued his route. You know, yeah. saw the ball and then continued his route. Didn't adjust yeah. on the fly yeah. or things like that. And again, his route running, he still browns off routes. Yeah. He still he, he had excellent separation on both the balls that for are sure. His speed is I mean, it's not Tyreek Hill type speed, which nobody is. Right. But it's on a different it's level fast. than what he whenever he gets in stride, it's completely it's he is the second fastest player on the team and it's not particularly close. Right. So one then was able to recover yep. on that speed. Yep. That was great. Uh, Thornhill had an interception of Patrick Mahomes. On, yep. It was like a mix-up between Hill and and Mahomes. It may have been, may have been Watkins and Mahomes. Yeah. I'm not sure. But it was a little bit of an overthrow. But he just finds ways he's to get right his hands place. on the ball. Yep, he's in the right place at the right time. He has great instincts. Absolutely. Absolutely. And another guy that has looked pretty good these last couple days, and we really haven't brought him up too much, is Reggie Ragland. Oh, yes. Re- Reggie has looked... Has looked. He looks smaller. He looks trimmer. He looks quicker. Um, had a good interception in the really good in he, the red zone period. He climbed the sky, ladder. For climbed that the one. ladder for a really yeah. skied up there and made a good interception on on Patrick Mahomes on that one as well. I've I've come away feeling a little bit more comfortable with Reggie Ragland playing the middle of the field. Now I'm not completely comfortable with it by no means, right? But more comfortable than what I was with him playing that Mike position with, with Hitchens at the will and Damian Wilson at the at the, at the sand. And which we talked it, about Damian and yesterday. Damian looked really good. Was was out today with the sore knee, I believe is what yes. they said. And uh, that that kind of brings us into the next part. Where, um, was that is that uh, linebacker rotation? Yes. Uh, Reggie Ragland has been working some backup Sam snaps with Damian Wilson out today. Reggie Ragland moved to yeah. the starting Sam. They did not put in Atta Atchu. No. I mean, he's working that second team still, but they moved Ragland over to that spot and brought Ben Neiman in as the mic. Again, yep. just, you know, I, I kind of thought that it might be a little different than that because Neiman's, Neiman's small yeah. to play the mic. We thought maybe they'd move Hitchens to the mic and Lee to the will, but no, that in the base defense, again, that's 20 to 25% of the snaps, guys. Yeah. Hitchens was staying as the will, and they yeah. just moved Raglan over. So ne- Neiman appears to be the backup Mike at this point in Correct. time. Now, Neiman isn't getting a lot of run in sub packages unless he's coming in as the backup Mike, though. Uh-huh. Well, as far as the will and stuff like that goes, it's always been Lee or Hitch, or if they was running, they have been running some big nickel with Raglan and Hitch out there at the yes. same time. Yeah. So uh, Neiman, which appears, might terrify some fans based on that, last year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that's all obviously going to only be in running type situations yeah. or in. in Type of deals there, yeah. But Neiman appears to be right now, anyways, the backup mic, which it's a little surprising for me just due to the size, like like Craig said. But at the same time, looking at the guys that are the backups on this team, whenever you consider O'Daniel and Lee and Neiman, well, probably the three backups that you would uh, that you consider right now, yeah. Neiman probably does fit into that role a little bit better than the other two guys do. It's true, and Dorian O'Daniel has not looked bad. He looks like he's put on a little more mass, yeah. not not weight. I don't want to make him sound fat. No. It's mass, but Dorian O'Daniel is working with a third team, yeah. and it's solidly with the third team. Yeah, it's, he's not getting reps with the ones or the twos. No, it's not. He, he it's the third team. The, the, there definitely seems to be something that he needs. He looks like he did 
last year this time. Yes. He, I don't, which this is a new scheme, and I that maybe sure. some guys are going to be harder to pick up on these things. And I, I think I saw on Twitter where he, he said that himself that once he understands the scheme, that's when he's able to attack and get downfield. And yeah. maybe that's what the problem is right now. This is a guy that's just not picking up on the scheme as quick as what some of these other players are. Yeah. But right now, Right now, I would say the only thing that's saving Dorian on this roster is the fact that the guys behind them are are definitely a level below the Ray Ray yes. Davison stuff yes. like that are, are a level below what they are as far as athletic ability goes, and then the draft position. I right. mean, he he is definitely not in the conversation whatsoever for playing time at this point no. in time. No, he really isn't. Um, a guy who's getting a lot of playing time with Damian Williams out, Bearcats' favorite guy. Carlos Hyde, I'll tell you what, Carlos Hyde, Carlos Hyde does not look very good. Carlos looks slow, uh-huh. and he is dropping a lot of passes. And he that dropped was five passes, five in passes the last in the last two days, two days. And, and these weren't difficult passes. No, these are passes that he should be coming up with. Now, I will say in his defense, he is very good in pass protection. Very good. Whenever he squares up on someone in pass protection, over. it is done. It is over with. That is it. He is probably the best pass blocking running back that we've seen out there by far and it's not even close but he has got to figure out the hands because that's supposed to be one of the positives on Uh him we're talking about him as a guy that can come in as a third down back and protect pat and then catch some balls out the backfield and so far he has not looked smooth in route running and he has not looked good catching the ball yeah and that it really stuck out today because the offense didn't have much going for it no and then when you're having those killer drops and kelsey also had some bad, bad drops over the last two days. Especially yesterday. Especially yesterday. Today, he he sort of kind of got back in it yeah. towards the end of practice. Beginning of practice, he dropped a few balls. And you could tell he was kind of in his head a little bit. He was upset with himself. Yeah. And then he made one big catch in the corner of the end zone over I the top. spiked yeah. it. Yeah. Over the top of, I believe it was Lee. that he made. It was, it was just yeah. over the top of Lee. And then a big gronk spike. And then I gave him a little howl. And... After, after that, that after yeah. that he was fine. Yeah, he, he looked like Kelsey again. Yeah. So I, I maybe it was a focus thing. I don't know. But early yesterday, complete all day yesterday, all day. he did not look right. And then the beginning part of today, he didn't look right. But at, towards the end, he started to look like the old Kelsey. Yeah. But Carlos Hyde just doesn't. He doesn't do a whole lot on the ground. No. Um, it, he's. He's dropping a lot of passes. Again, the pass pro drills. Reggie Ragland was dominant yeah. blitzing. And Ragland looked good. And then when those two ended up against each other, yep. Hyde won every time. Sure. Every single time. Back to the pass pro and the running backs. One guy that's going to have to really improve <laughs> to get on the field is Darwin Thompson. Now, yeah. he is at a disadvantage because of his size. But that's really not an excuse. We've seen Charkandrick West at a similar size be a very good pass protector. Yeah, he's And we know how important it is for Andy Reid's running backs to pass protect to get on the field. If he's going to get on the field in third down situations to as a pass catcher and stuff like that, he is going to have to get better at pass pro, and he was not good at pass he pro today. He was not good at pass pro today. He got absolutely leveled by, I think it was Ray Ray Davidson. I think it was Ray Ray Davidson, yeah. Just flat, and Ray Ray Davidson's not a big dude. Yeah, just flat bull rest him and just ran him over. Uh-huh. He looks great in pass routes. His quickness in his routes shows he gets 
incredible separation on it. And it yep. doesn't matter who it is. If it's a safety, if it's a linebacker, it does not matter. He gets great separation. His quickness and speed shows, and he has good hands. So you want to see him on the field because he looks like he could be special as far as making plays, but he's going to have to pick up on pass pro if he's going to see the field because Reed won't put him out there unless he can pass nope. pro. Nope. Got to protect Pat. Yep. Uh, you, you can't not protect Patrick Mahomes. Daryl Williams also is worth mentioning. Yeah. He's had a good couple days. Daryl has impressed me more than Carlos has. Absolutely. And, honestly, and, and th- that's not coming from me as a person that has something against Carlos Hyde. Right. I like just, Carlos Hyde a lot, and j- I would agree with just, that. Just in my, in my view, Daryl has looked better than what Carlos has. He's trimmed down. He looks quicker than what he was last year. Mm-hmm. One of the things I always had against Daryl last year, I just didn't think he looked quick enough. I didn't, As far as in routes, and then once he got into the open field, he was not a guy that could do much besides just break a few tackles and gain three or four yards. Right. He looks like someone who could do more this year with the ball. Yes. I I will be very curious to see how that running back room is going to shape up. Yeah. Again, he's another guy did not look great in pass pro at all. Yeah. But he, he struggles with he it. he looked a lot better running the ball. He looked a lot better catching the ball. They have some questions they have to answer in that room. Sure. And they need Damian Williams to get back because yeah, they need him. I, I think all of the I think you're seeing the reason why all of those guys are behind Williams yeah. at this point. I, I think by far Damian is he is the most solid across the board at Correct. everything that you need a running back to do of that group. If I had to rank right now what I thought as far as weapon goes uh, of the running backs, it's Damian, Darwin. And then Daryl, and then Carlos. Yeah, I would but, agree. And, and and don't get us wrong, guys. Neither one of us really feel that Carlos Hyde is in any danger. No, he's, he's going. Making the he's team. going to be on this roster. Yeah. The coaches like him. The pass protection is very important to Andy Reid, and he's like we said, is probably the best one out here that we've seen so far at that. Mm-hmm. And honestly, his contract is not conducive of being cut right now. It's not expensive if they do cut him, but they also don't save any money. They actually I think they actually lose a little bit there if they do go. cut him. Yeah. So it's one of those deals where I, I really don't. They're going to carry four. They've carried four for the last few years. Yep. That's a position that gets banged up on the regular, and they're. They want to keep solid running backs in the system that know the system. That this is not. Andy Reid asks his running backs to do a lot of things as far as route running and and pass protection, and they want guys that they're comfortable with in this system. So if they got guys like Carlos Hyde and Daryl Williams that they aren't 100% confident are going to be available if they cut them, they're going to keep them around. They're going to for keep. Sure. I I am nearly 100% certain that they're going to keep four running backs plus the fullback. Right. Well, uh, that's our camp observations for Friday and Saturday, August 2nd and 3rd. I want to thank my good buddy Bearcat for coming on and doing this with me. We're going to talk to you guys next week. I'll be back with Kent and Matt taking your questions at the beginning of the week. Thanks, guys.